Your life is about to be changed as you are entering the House Flipping HQ Podcast Vortex. Proceed with caution. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ Podcast. Now let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. What's going on, fellow Flip Hackers? Hope you guys are all doing awesome. Things are great around here, man. We are hopping and buzzing, getting ready for our back-to-back events here in San Diego in just a couple of weeks. We got seven figure flipping on October 9th, 10th, and 11th, and then directly after that, the three days following that, we have our annual event, Flip Hacking Live 2017. Ah, ah, It's going to be so awesome. Can't wait. Anyway, super exciting. Uh, We have been going over the agendas and over again and so many amazing uh, things that are going to be shared at these events and hopefully you have your tickets by by now for Flip Hacking Live because if you don't, we are sold out. You can go to fliphackinglive.com and get on the waiting list and if uh, any tickets become available, we will let you know. But for all those of you who are coming, I can't wait to see you there if I, we haven't met yet. Uh, come up, give me a big hug, and uh, let me know uh, what where you're at in your business. And and just want to, I love meeting you guys as people. It's one thing to talk into this microphone here uh, and hear about the lives that have been changed, but to see and meet you guys and hear your stories, that that's what makes it all worth it. So can't wait to see you guys soon. It's awesome. Okay, so today I've got something special for you. I recently spoke at a an investment club and. Something that's kind of cool that I just barely thought about is this is one of the first investment clubs that I started going to years ago. Uh, it's actually in, in San Diego. It's like a half hour away from, from where I live here in San Clemente. And what's interesting is this club was started by a guy named Reggie Lyle, who was my initial JV partner. My like split deals with 50-50. The reason why we're able to go to 60 houses uh, in 2011, I always forget my dates, 2011, when literally the year before we were struggling to get by, and that was more than we had done in the four years previously, was partly, and was, it was partly because of the systems that we put together, and there's like a, there's several things that led up to this, but the way we were able to get all those houses funded was a guy named Reggie Lau. Now, Reggie Lau started an investment club called SDIC in San Diego. And I remember going to that club when he first opened it, and uh, there was a guy there there who spoke named 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 Ernie Ernie Ernie, and he was the the probate fox, right? So I just remember learning all this stuff. I'm like, man, this is awesome! And it just hit me right now, um, kind of full circle as I'm putting this podcast out there. Ernie recently joined. Uh, along with Nixon, who has I've known Nixon for a while from House Flipping Formula, they recently joined their their they've put their partners now and they joined Seven Figure Flipping and Ernie and Nixon are going to be speaking to us about probates here in just a couple of weeks with the Seven Figure Flipping group and anyway it's super cool uh, super awesome we're sharing some of their amazing secrets with us so pretty cool how everything kind of go- comes full circle. So since that time, uh, my good friends Daryl and Imran have taken over the the club, and we're just we've been good friends for a long time. And uh, they they asked me if I would come back, even though I told them last time would be my last time. <laughs> they twisted my arm, and and I did. I'm glad I did because it was it's a lot of fun. I sure enjoy um, doing doing this kind of thing. And the cool thing is they're going to be at Flip Hacking Live too, so that's going to be super 
awesome. Uh, so anyway, big shout out to everyone who was at that meeting. I know about 30 of you will be joining us at Flip Packing Live, and we will see you there. At this event, when I spoke, I, I went there and I had some notes written down. It's kind of funny. The very first time I spoke in an investment club meeting, I took seven months to prepare. Like, I'm so embarrassed to even say that. Like, it, it took me so I, I spent so much time. Like, the opportunity cost was insane, right? But back then, I probably wasn't making as much as I am now. So, it was crazy, right? And then since then, my time has gone down lo- less and less as I present. And I, I think part of that is just ex- you're constantly preparing, in my opinion, right? As you're constantly buying houses, working in this business, creating systems. And now as I'm working with students, you're always preparing. And usually what I share are things that are on top of my mind, things I'm the most passionate about in that moment. Uh, plus, I don't speak a lot of investment club meetings these days because I just just the time. I just don't have the time. It's like, it's like okay, I can spend this time with my family or, or go speak, which I love doing both. I mean, they're both amazing things, right? But I have to have that life-family balance. So what I decided to do, and I've done this the last couple of times I've, I've spoke, is I showed up. I gave them a little of my background just so they knew from where to begin. And I said, I'm yours. What do you got? Next hour and a half. Any questions that you have? And that way it's kind of cool because people come with different questions and every audience is a little bit different and they're at different places in their business. So first question, the guy asks about, about marketing and he said, I have $10,000 to spend per month here in San Diego, which is, is quite a bit compared to most of that for a new investor. I should dig in a little deeper and be like, well, how do you have $10,000 a month to spend, right? It's quite a bit. And he's like, where should I spend that? Like what marketing should I spend that on? And I immediately, it's funny because I said, ask any question you want. And I said, you're asking, I said, you're asking the wrong question. And I went on and the rest of the event, I mean, other people asked other questions, but it it was basically an elaboration, an expansion on explaining why he was asking the wrong question, why that was the wrong question. And it hit me since then as I've been like talking to more people and people ask questions. Uh, the other day, I was like, why is it that more people aren't successful? Why is it that 1% of the people in this country make more than the 99% of everybody else? or even the world, right? Like, why is that the case? It's the same in real estate. Why is that 1% of the real estate investors, the house shippers and wholesalers, make more than 99% of people who are pursuing this business? And it hit me. It's because most people are asking the wrong questions, You see, if you ask the wrong questions, how in the world can you get the right answers? If you don't have the right answer, how can you take action on the things you need to take action on and focus on the things you need to focus on? So my question for you is, are you asking the right questions? Check it out. We are here for Justin Williams. Yeah, um... So we've known Justin now for a few years, and um, actually, I think when you first spoke at the club, we didn't even own this club. You might have spoken uh, for Reggie. So we've we've been following Justin for a while, and um, so we've seen him transform from basically doing fix and flips, which we all know so well, to just being this this national, probably now international. Mm-hmm 
incredible business tycoon. And when you, when you hear, and he's going to show you exactly how to build it and how to do it. So, um, you know, you, you come from a background, you know, it was football in high school, got into this. He kind of talks about himself. Very, very, very humble man. And I swear to God, uh, this guy can, can teach Warren Buffett and <laughs> Donald Trump a couple of things about how to put a business together and run it. So without any further ado, I'm so excited. Every, and I learn something every time. Yes. It fires me up and, every time. And by the way, this is probably the last time he'll be speaking. What? So, no way. He, you know, I, <laughs> he's, he's almost retired. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. He's, he's been retired like 100 times over. So yeah, no um, All right. Yeah, you're in for a treat. I'm so glad he's here. Thanks for taking the time, Justin. Let's get right Let's to it. Give him a warm welcome. How's everybody doing tonight? Awesome. I'm uh, excited to be here. It's been a long time since I have spoke at a real estate investment club, but um, I, I love doing it. It's a lot of fun. I was about talking to Rich, and NSDREI, the first real estate investment club I ever went to, this guy named Rich, was uh, him and my wife were, had the same broker, and he was like, you got to come to this real estate investment club. I'm like, no, nah. like, I've never been to one. He's like, you got to come, you got to come. And I came, and I think Mike Cantu spoke, and I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, these guys charge, like, pennies to, to learn all this amazing stuff. Um, anyway, it's pretty cool. So I'm, I'm excited to be here. Should we turn this down a little bit? Is it a little? No? Okay. I just feel like I'm, I'm talking soft, though. All right? So just to get, I want to kind of get a feel. Tonight, I want tonight to be super casual. In fact, in a minute here, I'll probably just sit down and we'll talk. Every time I do one of these, it's, it's totally different. I work with, uh, just to give you a little of my background, I've been flipping houses for 10 years. Before that, I had um, a satellite dish business that I had. I don't know if many of you guys know my story. I'll spare you the details. We can just focus on you guys. But I've had a lot of ups and downs. I don't want you to think that I was born from the womb, like being, like they were saying, a business tycoon and successful. I wasn't. Um, I grew up in... Uh, inland a little bit in a, a place called Miraloma. Um, didn't have the nicest house. Didn't, you know, we, had, we had love. My parents were awesome, but they weren't entrepreneurial. Um, so I wasn't born with like a golden spoon in my mouth. Um, I remember as a kid, you know, we moved lots of times as a young kid. Every day, like I, in my prayers at night, it would always be blessed that my dad doesn't get laid off the next day because it, it happened quite a bit. Great, great, hardworking man. Um, but wasn't born with a lot of money. Um, it's just, uh, but over time, I don't know what it was. I mean, I was born to something, who knows, but have uh, put some things together and have been fortunate enough to create two seven-figure businesses, and next year I think I'll hit eight. You know, I believe that I'm more of, I'm more focused on creating a business, and I believe real estate is one of, well, probably the best thing, especially for, um, has a, I feel like a low barrier to entry because there's so much opportunity. So I feel like it's the best thing that people can get into and make large chunks of money. But at the end of the day, business skills and business practices are, are universal. Okay, so tonight I want to focus more on that. You know, the topic was secrets of the millionaire, house flipper and wholesaler. Um, I, that's kind of where I want the, the conversation to mainly be focused, but I am happy to answer questions about any guys, anything you guys have. That's just what excites me. Does that excite you guys? So I've been, like I said, I've been doing this for flipping houses for over 10 years now. Um, 
up until last year, I was flipping for the past few years, about 100 houses per year. Um, started in 2007. Anybody know what's happened in 2007? Right? Luckily, I got into this thing called wholesaling. I was doing short sales. I don't know. It might have been illegal. I don't know what I was doing. Who knows, right? Uh, <laughs> and then in 2010, a lot of things changed. Uh, we moved our location. We we're finally making some money. We're like, oh, we can leave Bakersfield, right? Um, I didn't grow up in Bakersfield, but that's another story how we ended up there. Realized we could leave, and then we did okay for, for a couple years. But then we, when we moved, and then the market was changing with short sales, and I was getting into this, you know, fix and flips, and it was tough. Like, we literally didn't know how to pay the bills in 2010. We had some prior debts we were paying off. So I, I've been there. However, the next year in 2011, we ended up flipping 60 houses. Found out a good market, figured some things out, took the past experiences and past failures, learned a new niche, um, put some things together, and flipped 60 houses. That changed our life. The following year, we did 120, made our first seven-figure income. Completely changed everything. We moved down to San Clemente, uh, bought a bought a house. You know, my, my wife's dream home. Um, and it was it's it's been pretty cool. It's been pretty humbling. Doesn't mean life has been perfect since then. Um, I, I thought I had a ride. At that time, I was only working about five hours a week in my house-flipping business, flipping about 100 houses a year. And it's all because I created the systems. The same thing that allowed me to flip 100 houses a year is what caused me to not be able to work that much, quite frankly. I had to get out of the way. It's like once I got out of the way, I was able to scale. It's like the harder I worked, the less money I made, the less deals I was able to do. Because I was the one looking for all the deals. I was the one talking to contractors. And I'm only one person. I can only do so much. But if I leveraged the team, there was, there was no limit to what I could do. Um, so that was 2013, working five hours a week, had a pretty systematized business. And I thought, OK, um, I've arrived. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm here living in San Clemente. I can go surfing all the time, mile from the beach. And that was fun for about a month or two. And then, gosh darn it, that dang curse of the entrepreneur, I started to get really bored. Um, and I wasn't fulfilled, and I wasn't happy. I was like, here I have everything I thought I ever wanted. You know, this beautiful home by the ocean, uh, this business that's working for me. I'm not stressed about finances anymore. And I wasn't fulfilled. And, and I realized right then that it's not just about the money. You know, there's a, I think it's Maslow's, someone's law. What is it? Maslow's law, right? Hierarchy of needs. See, he knows way more than I do about this, so I'm going to totally mess it up. But it basically, the idea is, at the beginning, you've got to take care of, you've got to be able to feed you and your family, pay your rent, pay your bills. And then I say, you know, you want to be able to go on some vacations. You want to be able to do some things. But there gets a point where, how many vacations can you go on? <laughs> right? And I'm not one to buy, like, fancy cars. I got, I, mean, I got a Tundra. It's pretty dirty from the kids. We use it, throw our surfboards in the back. Um, I don't have fancy cars. We have a decent, you know, nice house, but nothing crazy. Um, but after a while, you have everything you need, and then you, you find the need to, to give back. So in 2013, I was talking to my wife, and it was like, well, what, what should I do? She's like, dude, stop following me around the house. Like, get out of here. Go do something. And we had, to, we had to figure something out. And so I thought, well, what do I love doing? What am I good at? And I decided to start teaching people this business. Um, I, I was reluctant, I'll be honest, because there is a lot of, there's a lot of scamsters in our industry, if you guys aren't aware. And for that reason, I was reluctant to get into it. But then one day I had this epiphany, and it was kind of an experience of talking to my wife as well, and just this realization that that's exactly why you need to do it. Um, 
So anyway, started doing that, almost quit after a year. It's funny, I thought, oh, I've already started this business. I've done well in real estate, flipped hundreds of houses, created systems, this is gonna be easy. People are just gonna be like all over it. It's gonna be amazing. And not that they, that it, they, they weren't, but it just, I was working like 50, 60 hours a week again and making like this much. And then my house and business was, I was making a ton of money and doing hardly any time. And it was like, what the heck, you know, I don't wanna do this. Um, but anyway, kept going at it, had some experiences. I made me realize, let's keep going. I got some help, got some coaching, paid a mentor $25,000 to, um, to teach me what the heck, you know who he is, right? <laughs> to, to teach me what the heck I needed to do. Um, and things started to take off. And today, I think I could safely say that I um, run the, the, the largest network of, of people who all have the exact same goal of creating a high-level house flipping or wholesaling business. I don't think there, there's any question. I, uh, so anyway, I'm just giving you guys a little of my background so you know what questions to ask, basically. Um, so right now I have, I have a group called Seven Figure Flipping, and everyone in that group is doing anywhere from low to mid to high six figures or seven figures. We've got a guy who helps me coach it. He's doing multiple seven figures. He wholesales. His name's Andy McFarland. I don't know if you guys have heard of him. Wholesales about 25 to 30 deals every month. Okay, so one thing that drives me crazy <laughs> is when I hear people say, I can't find any deals. There aren't any deals. Like that is how a low level, uh, I won't say low level, um, you know the book like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? I haven't read it in years, but you got Rich Dad and Poor Dad. It's like you have rich investor, poor investor, right? A poor investor says, there aren't any deals, I can't find any deals. A millionaire investor creates systems that will bring deals to him or her. Okay, does that make sense? So anyway, that's enough rambling. Um, I'm gonna show you guys a few videos tonight and whatnot, but I really want this to be about you guys. I want you to start asking some questions. I want this to be super engaging. I found that the audience gets way more out of it when it comes from them. I've got a bunch of notes here of topics I wanna make sure I hit, but I kinda like to do things um, in an organic way. I think it's a lot more fun and interesting and ways to get to know you guys. So uh, let's dive in, shall we? Okay, who's got the first question? I can tell you got a question, huh? <laughs> who's, got a que who's got a question for me? Come on, let's just, let's spur this, this conversation off. I'm here for you guys. I don't do this very much. Yes. Here, let me hand you a mic. Uh, if you were just starting out in the industry and you had about 10 grand a month to throw into marketing, where would you allocate those dollars? Just start out in the industry. You live in San Diego. Yeah. And you have about 10,000, you said, a month? A month to put in the marketing budget. That's great. So this is where the conversation starts to get interesting. Because those are the questions that most people ask, OK? This business, just like any business, is about building a machine, OK? ROTI, return on time invested. That's what you want to focus most of your time on. Most investors, most business owners, or call them business owners or call them someone who just created a job for themselves, they don't focus on that. They create a job for themselves. And a lot of times it's a high paying job. Or they get burned out and fizzle out and go back to the other job because they tried to find a deal and then they went and worked on the deal. And like, that's not how you run a business. You will burn out, the market will change, you will think this business doesn't work anymore, you will fizzle out and, and you will die, right? Not physically, I hope. But. Um, so you need to start thinking in terms of 
Okay, I'm gonna, this is a machine. Anybody ever seen the, the show? It's been a while since I've seen it, the show Gold Rush. Who knows how do you mine, mine for gold? Is it even mining when you do it like out in Alaska? Is it still called mining when it's like in the dirt? So I didn't know this, and I don't know anything about mining for gold. I saw a few episodes of the show, right? And these guys take, they took this big, huge machine up to Alaska, right? Was it, yeah, you're familiar with it? Yeah, so they, they're scooping up this dirt, and it goes into this machine, and then the gold comes out at the end, right? What happens if the machine is broken or not that efficient? No, what comes out? All production stops, or they get dirt and the, the gold doesn't sift out. And so then what happened? They spent all the money on the machine. They spent the money on getting it there. They're paying the people to put the dirt in the machine. And are they making money? No. Your only goal in real estate or any business that you ever create, if you can do this one thing, you will be a millionaire, a multimillionaire. Okay? Your only goal is to create a money-making machine, okay? Now, it sounds crazy, right? But it's true. <laughs> That's your only goal. If you can figure out the equation or, or, or build this machine that for every dollar you put into it, you get five back. If I were to give you $5,000 for every thousand you gave me, how often would you do that? We'd just sit here and be changing money, right? You'd be like, dude, you'd be, you'd be giving this guy, you'd be like, hey, I'll give you you know, 200 bucks for every 100 that you just passed to this guy of my money, right? Like, because you want to be able to pass it fast enough, okay? That's really what business is. That's your only goal. And once you get to that equation, you've got to maintain the machine, okay? You're only, you have two goals. Put more dirt in the machine. So on this show, like, they got to fix this machine because there's, like, several parts of the machine. And if one part's not working, it's not delivering the gold. Or if it's not working good enough, it's not delivering enough gold to make the machine make sense financially, and they're going to have to quit. But if they can make it work, they're rich, <laughs> right? That's how business is. So when you ask the question, I've got $10,000, I'm thinking that's like dirt, right? I'm putting $10,000 into the machine. Well, if your machine's broke, you're not going to make any money from that $10,000. <laughs> right. So that's, that's the question, right? And we'll go, we'll go through some of those items. Um, but you've got you to create this machine, okay? And that's, that's in real estate, that's in, especially when it comes to flipping and wholesaling houses. You know, okay, R rentals, it's kind of a, a different game, as, as you guys know. Um, but there's a lot of crossover as well, okay? So you've got to be able to create a machine that will be profitable. So I would argue that there's many marketing channels that can and do work. All right, I have students all throughout the nation, all different parts of the country, competitive, super competitive markets, less competitive markets. And if you have enough pieces of your machine that work well enough, you will make money in this business. Okay, so you guys probably want to go through some of those parts of the, what the machine are, right? For example, if you can't close deals or the person who is closing deals for you isn't good at sales, and you know, I just hired Nick, for example, for my education business to help me with sales. Before I had a sales guy who wasn't very good. I'm hoping Nick stays around. I'm hoping he works out. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I'm just kidding. No, he's going to be great. He's going to be great. But it didn't matter. Like, there was this other guy that, and, and he was, it was my bad, right? I take full responsibility. If you don't take responsibility, you can't, you can't improve. He was a guy that worked for a guy that hired the guy, and, like, there was no, like, it was horrible, right? But it didn't matter how much dirt I put into the machine. 
and I was just throwing money away because he wasn't able to close deals. So that's, that's number one. Either you or the person who is going to appointments for you needs to be able to close deals. Okay, makes sense. For anyone who's a new investor, you've gotta know obviously how to analyze deals and we're not gonna get into that tonight. That could be another hour long um, discussion. But you've gotta be able to know how to properly analyze a deal and you gotta be able to close deals. You've gotta have sales skills. I mean, I have seen people, like my students, it's crazy, they hire sales people like, like nothing. They're hiring and firing all the time, right? Don't worry, Nick, you're good. We're not, we're not. <laughs> Literally, he's been with me for two days, right? Um, but I have, I have this group of about 80 top-level investors who are all either at or working towards that seven-figure mark. And it's like, okay, like for every salesperson they hire, they know they can make X amount into their business. But one person won't close a dang thing, and then they'll bring in someone else who kills it. So there's a huge difference, okay? So this is a team sport like these guys talked about. You either gotta learn and be able to close these deals, which eventually seven-figure investors don't do that on their own, in my opinion. You've either gotta be able to do it on your own or you gotta work with someone who is good at it. I've got a guy named Steve Pesavento. Have you, do you guys, does that name sound familiar at all? He's actually in, lives in Irvine. He, he came to Flip Packing Live, which is my, my event I do every year in San Diego in October, so it's coming up very shortly. Flip Packing Live. I'll, men, I'll mention it at the end a little more, but he, he came to Flip Packing Live last year, hadn't really done any deals at that time, had explored it a little bit. He met someone at Flip Packing Live. I mean, he had done his knowledge, he's gotten some knowledge and done some due diligence, and he was at Flip Packing Live, and we just, for three days, it's full immersion in this like one concept of building a house flipping or wholesaling business, right? So he was fully immersed, met someone from Minnesota um, where he was originally from, where he came from, they teamed up, Steve does the marketing, Dave at first was going to the deals to close them, now they have a couple guys that do that for them, they have someone who takes their calls as well, someone screens the calls, someone goes to the appointments, um, Steve oversees the marketing, so Steve's putting dirt in the machine, Dave's in charge of making sure the, the machine is working and deals are closing and all this stuff, and collectively between the two of them, they're gonna do over a million dollars this year. Is that incredible or what, right? Now, that's not the norm, okay? I'm not, I don't wanna, just saying, right? But it's because they thought, okay, let's build this machine. And I don't like, another thing seven-figure flippers do, and a millionaire investors do versus poor investors or investors that struggle, a millionaire investor, millionaire mindset figures out how can I do this? You guys ever heard me tell a story about the Yabutters? Who knows about the Yabutters? So yeah, exactly, Yabut, yeah, right? Like the first seminar that I was ever, it was like six months after I started investing, they had me on a little panel and all of a sudden you're like a celebrity and wants to talk to you. Like, oh, this is fun, you know? All these people came up to me and they're like, well, you see, I can't do what you're doing because of this. And they come up with some like random weird thing. I can't hear it. I heard everything. And it was weird because it was like during the time there's a lot of foreclosures and someone would come up and be like, I can't do it because there's a lot of foreclosures. There's too many in my market and the market's going down and all this stuff and it's just horrible. And I'm like, 
okay, and I'd explain how they could do it and why. And someone else would come and be like, there's not enough foreclosures in my area. So I don't have any opportunity because there's no short sales. And I'm like, well, you can do it because of blah, blah, blah. And like, I heard every excuse under the sun. One guy comes up. This was, this was I kid you not, like Twilight Zone, the craziest thing. Some guy comes up. He's from California. And he's like, I can't do that. Like, only if I lived in New York, then I could do this business. And then someone comes up to me from New York, like not right after, but like later on. He's like, only if I was in California. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm not, I had to leave. I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, this is crazy, right? And every time I would try to help these people overcome their, their problem, which was only in their head, they would say, yeah, but, and come up with some lame excuse. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, I was like, oh my goodness, this, this is crazy, right? Millionaire investors and business owners figure out how to make it happen. So it's just like Steve, like, he didn't say, oh, I can't do this because of blah, blah, blah. He said, well, I'm good at this. You're good at this. Let's team up and let's make it happen. He found a way to make it happen. Millionaire investors figure out how to get their foot in the door. Get your foot in the door and get it in the door quickly. Like, I'm, I, I highly encourage failure. The faster you can fail, the better off you're going to be. Now, some of you just hear that word. Who in here, raise your hand if you hear that word and you just go, you did. I saw your face, right? You're like, failure, right? Like, now when I say failure, I'm not talking about like losing millions of dollars failure or losing a lot of money. No, that's not the failure I'm talking about. Failure usually, our biggest fear is, is failure. And it usually is the type, there's two kinds of failure. There's financial failure. And then there's the kind of failure that like hurts your ego a little bit. You know what I mean? Or like the fear of, of what people are going to think of us type failure. What are my friends and family going to think? Like, first of all, they already think I'm crazy for doing this real estate investing entrepreneurial thing. Like, no, oh, go get a normal job. Go to school. Do it this way. And they already think I'm crazy. What are they going to think if, like, I don't succeed or if I try this thing? A lot of times we're holding on to this dream or this idea or thought of success. And subconsciously, we're afraid to take that action because the dream is there. And if I act on it and I don't succeed, the dream's gone. And then what do you have? Right? So millionaire investors think differently. They charge after failure. They embrace it. Fail fast, fail quickly, fail often. Don't make dumb investments. Like, take, take um, risk. It's emotional risk that we most fear. Okay, the financial risk is going to be there but you can really minimize it and mitigate it. I do this whole thing, and maybe at the end, if we have time, I'll talk a little more about ways to mitigate and eliminate risk. There, there's multiple things. Obviously, if you're buying a house that could meet rental criteria. I said I'm going to do it at the end, and now I'm doing it, right? It could meet rental criteria. Okay, you've eliminated a lot of risk. Typically, if you're wholesaling, you're eliminating a lot of risk. If you partner with a financial lender, when I did my 60 deals and then 120, I had a 50-50 partner. I was not afraid of giving up half of the profit because... I had no risk. My first one was Reggie, actually. <laughs> um, that's why I ended up speaking at his class while I'm here today. You know, this guy had money, and I had more deals than I knew what to do with. So I teamed up with him, and he funded them all. I had zero risk. It allowed me to buy infinitely. I eliminated the risk. I first started out wholesaling, and I was wholesaling short sales and having someone else fund the deal. I had virtually no risk other than a little bit of marketing costs. Then later on, I did my first flip. I remember freaking out in 2010. I'm like, oh. It was like a 
like a $75,000 purchase or something like that. Like, it was ridiculous, right? But I was so scared that I was going to borrow this guy's money, I was going to lose it because it was actually a real flip I did. Can you believe the following year I did 60 flips? And the year after that, 120? It's because I was able to, um, the fear of losing the money, I was able to eliminate that, and I wasn't worried about what people were going to think and all that stuff. I, I don't think I ever had that fear. I don't know. Um, where were we? Building the machine, building the machine. So um, anyway, you've got, to, you've got to build this machine. You've got to, for every, I mean, when, when I think about a, a house, it depends on the market and what area I'm in, and this is how my students all look at it. It's like, okay, what can I make from it, and what am I going to spend? A lot of people get worked up about, and 10000 that's a great budget. That's awesome. But a lot of people are like, oh, I only have a few hundred dollars. I can't do this, right? Yes, you can. Go find a money partner, right? You go be, a, don't, I don't want to call it a bird dog, but go team up with this person. You're going to go grind it out. How many people in here, if someone brought you a fantastic deal, would love to be the money person, right? Like, money is never an issue. Ever. Who thinks money is an issue? Raise your hand. It's not, okay? Because if you have a deal, there's always someone who wants to give you the money for it. It might be, you, you can find the money, trust me. There's so much money out there. Some, someday I'm going to do a seminar where I'm just going to raise like $3 million in a day live in front of everybody, right? And it'll be, e like, it'll be easy to do, I promise. So that's one. Like You can find the money. People have how much money are people making on their money right now? Nothing. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, 1%. Like, I have people literally who throw money, like, want me to take their money, and I can't take it. Right? Luckily, I have a lot of students. I'm able to say, hey, call this person, call this person. But so much money come my way. You're, like, salivating back there, right? Like, <laughs> um, so much money. But number two, if you've got a few buyers, you can wholesale them the property. So never let that be an issue. When I first started, I had to, there was all these steps. And I had to say, okay, I can take care of this by this. Like mentally, this is a huge mental game. And I'm not just talking about, woo, woo, let's have a good be mental attitude and change our mindset. But it's such a mental game because we're worried about subconsciously all these things that we don't realize. If we can eliminate those things, if we can eliminate the risk or the fear or the concern, know that, oh, okay, this fear, because the same fear that we have when we're about to be attacked by a bear, the same like feelings, the same part of our brain lets off the same chemical when we're concerned about what our friends and family might think of us. Did you know that? So we either, what is it, fight or flight, right? Right, I any mean, one of those, right? So we're either gonna like run away or we're gonna be, something's gonna, right? Like we might freeze in our tracks or we run because we feel danger. Our brain is saying, danger, danger. But it's not. We've got to be able to differentiate those things. Yeah. Sure. So who's heard the... <laughs> the... Let me tell you what. Who, who's heard, like, resources is never a problem. What is usually our issue? What do we need to focus on? Being resourceful, okay? Become resourceful and the world is yours. I had no money when I started. I had no experience in business. I had no business doing business. I went to school to become a PE teacher, for crying out loud. I dropped out with one semester left, so like, what the heck am I gonna do with this? I was in Utah at the time. 
I would have made 25 grand as a PE coach. And like the kids were brats anyway. I thought I was going to like it. I was like, these kids are brats. I don't want to do this. I spent three, and luckily I was playing football and whatever, more on the sidelines than playing, but whatever, right? I had a full ride scholarship and I dropped out. So I was like, this is not what I want to do, right? Become resourceful. I didn't have anything. Nothing was given to me. So you've got to be resourceful. There's more money than you could ever want. There's more deals than you will ever know what to do with if you create the machine that, that will give that to you. So 10,000, like, is that normal? Not in this room. With my high level students, yeah. I mean, I got their guys in there that spend 100 grand a month on marketing. Because why would he spend 100 grand a month? Because he makes 500 grand every time he spends 100 grand, right? So the, the marketing. I'll just run over like a few of like, I mean, and you guys I think know all this, right? You can do things like, no, you're good, you're good. You can do things like direct mail, you can do banner signs, you can do internet marketing. And when I say internet marketing, like, I'm saying internet marketing, like I've done nothing but study internet and online marketing for the past three and a half, like it can go to the umpteenth degree of how deep you want to go in that. But focus as well, right? It only have, takes one system to make a million dollars, right? Like focus is what will make you rich. In fact, that's the theme of our, our event, Flip Hacking Live, is you're just one system away. And everyone who goes there is going to share with you like their exact one system of what they're doing. And some of that includes multiple marketing channels. And someone's like, I do this one thing, I do this, and boom, 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 right? Um, so, so focus. But I will throw out some of the other marketing. Direct mail, banner signs, online marketing. What else? Help me out here, guys. What are some of the SEO. door knocking, SEO? So online has multiple ways of going about it. You can do pay-per-click where you pay for every time someone clicks on the thing. Um, Okay, you guys ready for this? So Facebook. I don't know if anyone's using Facebook in here. But I have someone in my high-level group, seven-figure flipping, who has like is killing it with Facebook Messenger. Right? I don't per like I can't. I'm not here to teach you like specific little tactics to do it this way. This like I don't even. I don't get my hands even on that stuff really. Like I just let other people make the money. I hire people who I call rainmakers who are going to make it rain. Nick is a rainmaker, right? I don't need to know every little thing about Facebook. I don't even like know how to log into software. Like I have like five or ten softwares that we have. I don't know if we use half of them. I don't know the passwords. I don't know how to log into them. You don't need to, okay? Um, so th they've figured out how to use Facebook Messenger, and I think like in the first few months, I don't know where they're at right now, but they spent like six thousand dollars, and they're projected profit from that is like $200,000. Okay, is that a good machine? Right? Um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty powerful. And they, they, got, they have a person who screens the calls, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of to the point where if you make me talk to like just random sellers that like are like, oh my gosh, like I would rather, I don't know, there's a lot of things I'd rather, <laughs> like it's just, ugh, makes me want to puke, right? But it's because I've done that, and don't get me wrong, it's okay to do that as you're failing forward and learning. Like, I think immerse yourself fully and take crazy action and get your hands dirty and do all this stuff. Take the calls, go meet the sellers for like a month or two. Realize how much you hate it, and then, or maybe you become really good at it. My brother, like, his whole goal is to only do that, and eventually he doesn't want to do it, but that's all he does. He has his whole business set up to where he only goes to those appointments, and he closes 80% of them. 
And this is in like Northern California where it's super competitive. People are like, I can't make any money. He'll make over a million dollars this year. And like, you guys don't know my brother, but like, he's my brother. Like, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, this guy like couldn't sell a dang thing. He, he's installed satellite dish for me when I had my satellite dish business 12 years ago. And like him talking to people, like forget about it, right? Like he would not, I was like, bro, like we're struggling in the business. I need you to go do some sales. He's like, uh-uh, you know? And l luckily we were in a position where he had to. He had to. In order to pay the rent, he had to do it. And it, it was tough. He struggled, eventually did it, got a little better at it. And today that's like his thing. Because he's had to get so good at it because he wasn't naturally good at it at all. Like I'm just a talker. I'm horrible with things. I can't log into software. I don't fix things. Even though I flip over 100, like, even though I flipped hundreds of houses, I don't know how to fix a dang thing. I don't fix anything around my house. When my dad comes over, my, my wife's dad comes over, they like have a list of things they fix. Uh, it's, it's bad. But my wife is a lot handier than I am. She's the only one with power tools in our house. But, but it's okay. You don't need to do that. Like Henry Ford, he wasn't the smartest guy, but he, had, he could push a button and he was able to contact anyone he needed and get what he needed to take care of. Your job is to be the orchestrator, right? And like I said at the beginning, we're talking kind of, I say we're talking high level, but to me it's fundamentals, it's basics, really. It's business 101, and you want to start with the end in mind. Like the book E-Myth talks about it, right? Like, what do you want your business to look like and work towards creating that business today? At the beginning, you might be plugged into several of the positions, and you team up with someone else who is doing several of them, and you bring on someone who does this, Another thing that millionaire investors do is they use leverage to the 10th degree. We, we know how to use leverage financially, I think, most of us. But they leverage people. I mean, do not exchange time for dollars. I see way too many people, they'll exchange time for dollars. Like, what's your, what's your time worth? So many people are afraid to hire someone to pay them $12 an hour to screen their calls and or someone to do, like, all the low-level and I say low level, I'm not trying to be, I'm not knocking anybody or anything, right? For our economy to work, to help people. You guys, the people in this room who I'm speaking to, you've got to rise up above. You've got to take charge. You've got to give people these opportunities, right? Does that make sense? But if you're out doing like $12 an hour work, like putting up signs and <laughs> like you're doing yourself and, and other people a disservice, hire that out, okay? Have someone else do that. You know, I've got people in my community who, for example, have like a bandit sign system. And I tell you what, if I were to do bandit signs myself, I'm going to go out like, ah, like, it's like ah, what's going on? And put out I'm going to get burnt out, right? But if I can hire a guy, pay him three bucks, the bandit signs are a couple, it's $5 per sign. And I'm like, okay, if they put out these many signs and it's in a systematized fashion and we get X amount of calls who my person who's taking the calls is screening the calls. And then the person who goes out to do the deals who gets paid on commission, so it's no money out of my pocket, can close this much. Cool, okay. Uh, I spent 2,000 or 3,000, whatever it might be. San Diego, the numbers are a little bigger. And that's why people get intimidated by big markets. It's like, oh my gosh, I gotta spend like five grand to get a deal. It's like, well, how much can you make? Right? How much can you make from that? Okay? And then you say, but that's still a lot of money to put up. Okay, partner with someone. Find somebody. When you understand money and you understand returns, man, it's a beautiful thing. 
Okay, is that kind of making sense a little bit? So yeah, all those things. I mean, I would do, I would try pay-per-click, I would try, um, SEO is a longer game, but I know a guy, I don't know if you guys know Doug Van Seust, he spoke at my event last year. He kills it on SEO, you know? He's been doing it a little bit longer. Um, so many things you can do. I've, <laughs> I don't even have time to dive into it because I try to focus. I have like a million ideas of different ways to market. Like now that I'm doing like online marketing too, I'm like, oh my gosh, like as investors, we are so far behind in the marketing world. Like you have no idea. We're so far, like my, one of my mentors, Russell Brunson, who this guy's like invented, created the software called ClickFunnels, like a, anyway, ridiculously huge company. Guy makes millions and millions of dollars every month and he's awesome. But it's funny, I was listening to him once and he was talking about, yeah, back in the day, like in marketing, you just used to like send out this direct mail to these people and then, and then he started talking about, um, like, and then later on, the internet came and you could do this thing called pay-per-click and like that doesn't work anymore for us marketers. And I'm like, oh, that's like what most real estate investors still do, right? Which is okay. But there's a whole nother world out there of like building an audience and creating funnels. And look, I don't want you guys to get all like, oh my gosh, like you don't have to do that. That's the cool thing. You could spend X and get a multiple of three, four, five, six times that fairly easily if you have the right team in place. And it's, it, it might sound hard, but it's, it's simple. It's not that crazy, right? And you start where you want to start, where you're comfortable with. Like I would recommend for most people, generally speaking, start by having someone who can do all the low level, easy stuff. What's low level? It's things that you do often that are repeatable and that are easy to train someone on. It's easy for most people to do. That's like $12 an hour. I don't know, what's minimum wage these days? It keeps going up, huh? What is it? Okay, is it, who said 15? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I like to pay a little bit above minimum wage for low level stuff like that. Or if it's like band signs, you pay per sign or something like that, okay? And when you're doing that stuff yourself, I remember when I was doing short sales, I was the guy calling the bank, I was the bottleneck. And whenever a deal didn't go, like, what would I have to deal with? Not only did it take a lot of time, but what else? I'd get jacked up emotionally. Yeah, you said the brain, right? I'd get messed up emotionally. And this sounds like, I hate movies and TV shows, like they always show the business guy as like, <laughs> like, that is so BS, like, it's so bogus. Like, I know so many like millionaires, multi-millionaires, like overall, generally speaking, sure there's all kinds, they're the most generous, kind, giving, thoughtful people. I mean, with the hurricanes and things going on, it's like some of the wealthy people, they're, they're Someone who doesn't have anything, and I don't, like, they can still give a ton. My mom, like, doesn't have any money, but she gives and gives and gives, right? But some dude who is a multi, like, he can give, drop 20 million and help a lot of people, right? Like, there's a lot of good uh, people out there that, that have a lot of money. Um, anyway, don't, don't, don't hate rich people. I know none of you guys do, because that's why you're all here, but there are people out there who don't like rich people. They're just jealous, right? It's like, dude, all those moves, they're just, they're just fake. They do that, because that's how most people are, yeah. Okay, so that's another piece of the machine, right? So you, you gotta have tight operations if you wanna succeed. A lot of people I see get fizzle out of this business because maybe they put out some marketing, the phone rings, maybe they don't answer because they're scared, oh, right? <laughs> or they're at work or whatnot. That's money going down the drain. Every time you don't answer that phone call, make sure it gets answered live and, 
if Pat Live's got to do it, like at the night, nights and some weekends, that's fine. Well, it's not that I don't like Pat Live, but if I have if I have a live answer person who actually has how do I say this half a brain because anyway that's not very nice but knows okay they've been trained properly let me put it that way versus Pat Live like see this is what's cool I have so much data with all my students and Andy and all these people I work with like you will it's it's kind of like saying okay you're gonna make half the money just from that just from that. So if you do enough things right, like you're gonna make money. So if you can have someone answering the calls live to screen the calls and they don't need to be like, it's not that hard to train someone on that, but hopefully they don't have like a crazy accent from like you know, another country or something, right? That's losing money, you're gonna lose money from that. Pat Live is just so like robotic, they, they just, the, the numbers, if I were to analyze like 5,000 calls from Pat Live versus 5,000 calls from someone on my team or Andy's team or someone, one of my students' team, Huge difference. And those small incremental changes will make all the difference whether you become multimillionaire in your business or whether you fail completely. Because I don't know about you, but if I was spending $5 to make four, that business model isn't gonna last very long, right? And that's what people do in this or any business. So you wanna try to answer the, the call live as often as humanly possible. If you can't, you're probably not gonna make it. You want, um, you want to make sure you, the person or you or whoever goes out is, has, good has good sales skills. I would rather have a good salesperson go to my appointments than someone has a lot of experience in real estate. The real estate experience will come, but sales skills is something else, right, Nick? <laughs> this guy did sales training. Not only is he a good salesman, he did sales training. Um, so you want to find someone who has good sales skills. And that could be, it could be someone who has experience in real estate. Like if you're teaming up or like partnering up, that's a little different. Like it's cool, like if they have a lot of experience, they've proven they can close deals. Maybe you've got money or you know someone who has money. Like what do you bring to the table, right? Like bring something to the table and that could be like, you could just be the orchestrator, right? Like I'm really, I'm really not very good at anything. I'm really not. <laughs> I'm, I am, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good at like bringing people together. Like it's kind of a trick, like it really is, right? Like Nick will make me millions of dollars over the next few years, he just will. And he'll make a few hundred thousand as well. But I mean, you should leave, I should just have you leave. <laughs> I don't know why I brought you tonight. <clears throat> like I just think like a long time ago, I don't know if it was when I was, when I was a kid, I was just like, huh, I'm like four years old, right? And we're at Costco, and I'm like, ah, oh, like these job, fire job breakers, you know, those, I used to eat those ones a little. Yeah, time, atomic fireballs, right? It has this many in the bucket, and it was only like a penny each. I could sell them for 10, that's like 10 times the money. Like I knew that when I was four years old, right? Like these things don't change. When I got older, I started like, I would get by Lovebirds. I would go work for three dollars an hour. For my dad was a construction worker, and the, for his lands guy who did landscaping at his uh, for his company, it's probably totally illegal. I was like three dollars child labor laws. I'm sure three dollars an hour. I would just work all day so I could go buy a Lovebird and buy two Lovebirds. Then they have. I'm like, oh, they have babies. They multiply, right? 
and then I would hand feed those and I would sell them. You know, I mean, resourcefulness. My parents didn't have any money to give me. We would go, my mom would buy, see, she was good, she would help us. She would buy the candy bars that people buy for fundraisers, and we would go sell them at the store and just keep the extra money, right? We didn't lie about anything, you know, like, to pay for it so we could buy clothes and stuff. That's what we had to do. So I, I just had, I learned how to, to hustle, you know? And <laughs> when I say hustle, I don't mean, like, I don't work, like, 100 hours a week. That's a different kind of hustle. I'm not, I'm not into that. You've got to work hard, but work smart. Create systems that will give back to you time and time again. Um, anyway, I know I have a few loops I still need to close, so you guys can... Okay, so back, back to the system, though. So you've got to have someone taking the calls live, right? They've got to take the calls live. You've got to have a good salesperson. Like, that's like night and day. If there's not a good person going on these appointments, you will not, your business won't work. Your, the gold won't come out the end. It just won't. So critical. It's not that hard. Like, there are a lot of good salespeople out there. And you can train them. And they will be stoked. And the great thing is you can pay them commission. Um, it depends on the area, but you can pay them like 10% commission. And then does that come out of your, out of your, your budget? No. Right? Or you team up with someone. Find a way to make it work. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed that part one of the Real Estate Investment Club that I recently spoke at at SDIC where I was just riffing and going off on you know, people, like the things that millionaires do versus poor people. And then are you asking the right questions? And that's something you need to be thinking about all the time. Are you doing the right things? Is your mind in the right place? And are you asking the right questions? So I will do part two here in just a few days. But in the meantime... I cannot wait to see you guys at Flip Hacking Live. If you don't have tickets, it's kind of too late, but you can go to fliphackinglive.com and let us know that you're interested. And if something opens up, we will let you know. Other than that, if you are a six-figure income earner who wants to take your business to the seven-figure level this week, actually not this week, Next week, from the time this is coming out, this will come out on a Thursday, the end of next week will be the last week that we are accepting applications into the seven-figure flipping program for people who want to attend the seven-figure flipping event in October. If you get to that event, you will also get a ticket to Flip Hacking Live, so you can, you can join us for the entire week. I mean, surround yourselves with, you heard Michael Green in the last show, who's flipped over 600 houses, is doing seven figures while he's working 25 hours a week. Um, anyway, I, I could go on and on and on. So many amazing people, Annie McFarland, Bill Allen, uh, the, the Mikes, um, uh, Don Cost. Anyway, I could go on and on about all the amazing people that are in this group, all the seven-figure income earners, all the high six-figure income earners. If you are making at least six figures, you can go to sevenfigureflipping.com, fill out an application. Someone from my team will be in touch with you to see if it's the right fit. And who knows? We might see you in the Seven Figure Flipping group in San Diego here in just a couple months and get you on that trajectory to be the next seven-figure house flipper or wholesaler. Well, that's all I got for today, guys. Get out there. Have a great rest of your week. Take some action. Take the right kinds of action. Ask the right questions, do the right things, think like a seven-figure investor, surround yourself with the right people, and you'll make it happen. Until then, we will see you next time 
on the House Flipping HQ podcast. Bye-bye. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your, Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.